Well, there we are. The Aussie dollar is bouncing back up again. But there again, so are house prices and so are award wages. We'll find out just how much from the Fair Work Commission today. And wages still are concerned in the United States, but maybe things are getting a little better in the manufacturing ISM numbers last night. There was a sign of that. And today, non-farm payrolls, the hourly wage figure will be watched keenly there as well. And the debt ceiling, yes, that's on its way. It got through the House, just the Senate to sort out now, and then Joe Biden has to sign it. He just needs to find a pen that works, and it's done. No doubt that is why there's so much optimism around today, even though, I mean, really, did we expect any other outcome? It's Friday, the 2nd of June, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, quite a fall in the US dollar. It's down 0.7% on the DXY index. The Aussie has come bouncing back. It's up 1.1%, getting over 65.80 earlier. The pound and the euro are up 0.7%. The yen is up 0.4%. The Swiss franc up half a percent. And the stock market has jumped back as well. A 1.3% rise in the NASDAQ, 0.9% for the S&P 500 and half percent for the Dow. A strong in Europe as well, 1.2% up for the DAX, 0.6% for the FTSE 100. Uh, in the US, the NVIDIA shares up 5.4%, another 5.4%, almost at 400. That is a 38% rise in a month, uh, all because of this hope about AI. Maybe it's AI that's actually driving the share prices. It's bots pushing the share price up. Uh, Bond yields are lower today. Four basis points off 10-year treasuries, down to 3.6%. Three off German 10-year bunds and seven off UK gilt yields, whilst yields on Aussie 10 years moved hardly at all yesterday. And uh, not much on futures overnight either. And oil is back on the rise. A 2.8% lift in WTI and a 2.2% rise for Brent, which got over 75 today. Still, of course, uh, a lot lower than where it spent most of May. But let's get an update on the debt ceiling, first of all. Let's get that one knocked out of the way with NAB's Dave DeGarris in London. Because I can't help noticing... Uh, one-month Treasury bills are still up there. In fact, they rose a few basis points a day, almost uh, at 5.2%. A year ago, 0.9%. But it looks like this bill is plain sailing. I mean, it's passed through the House. It's got to get through the Senate now. It sounds like McCarthy, you know, is going to get it through. He might be a casualty in all of it, but it seems like the bill's going to get through. I mean, in the House, 314 to 117 was the vote. I mean, I mean, okay, it's going to be harder in the Senate, but it's going to get through. You would think so, Phil. So, um, you know, if you'd asked most people beforehand, you would have said the House is much more difficult. Yeah, because, of course, the Republicans hold the balance of power there. Um, But, you know, they've got got a deal on the weekend and it's been delivered through the House now. So you would have thought you'd never say never. You can never say these things are box ticking exercises now. But... um, You'd think it, it. You'd think it would be done, wouldn't you? So is that so, why the markets? I mean, because um, we could have said days ago it's going to happen. I, I think that's part of the risk yeah. on mood we've had today. Isn't so it's it? quite given that we've been saying, "Oh, it's going to happen." It's uh, you would have mm. thought that 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 would have been factored in, and yet uh, it's almost like it's a surprise the way the markets factored, are reacting today. Factored in, and yet these things can go awry, yeah, can't so. they? At the last minute, for whatever reason. Plus, we've had. You know, those, uh, those those words from Harker and um, Jefferson, was it, from the Fed, sort of signalling pause or skip or however you want to term mm. it um, from the Fed at the next meeting. So market expectations for that have been wound back a bit. That hasn't hurt the yeah. mood either. So I think those two have, um, those two factors probably help the, the risk on mood. As you said, the Aussie is what rocketed up today as, as other currencies yeah. have uh, in, 
you look back three months and if you said, oh, the Aussie in three months' time will be rocketing up to, towards 66 cents, you'd think, oh, Hello, mate, what's Exactly, happened? yeah, you, you wouldn't have thought it would get as low as it did, absolutely. So then we had the manufacturing numbers for the US, the ISM uh, yes. numbers this morning, which are down a little from 47.1 to 46.9. Uh, yes. You know what yes. we do, but new orders. I mean, that's the big move, isn't it? From forty-five point seven down to forty-two point six. That is quite a significant drop. But this is happening. I mean, that's that is softer data, so I guess that yes. sort of adds to maybe the the Fed yes. can go slower. But this this fall in manufacturing, obviously, it's not a US phenomenon. It's, it is happening everywhere. While you know we're seeing services holding up, it is. And you'd have to think that the tilt by consumers worldwide, you know, out of COVID from uh, consumption of goods towards service is a big part of that. I mean, there may well be sort of an underlying slowing, but, um, you know, and and the fact that, remember too, that manufactured prices, producer prices were increasing at hectic rates, supply chain Mm. issues. So it's probably some reaction to that as well. But just listening to Tim Fiore from, um, from the ISM today, Phil's talking about how, New orders are, are, are way down, but the prices and the supply chain yes. news has been fabulous. Well, from fifty three point two, yes, from fifty three point two down to forty four point two. So I presume anything below fifty, that that's means deflation, it's doesn't it? Falling, it, you would think yeah, yeah. So. so that's that's quite a big drop. And then go figure, employment has risen. So it's, if things are softening, but yeah. uh, the employment figure has gone from fifty point two to 51.4 so add that to the jolts numbers yesterday and then last night the adp employment mm. change which was expected to fall from 291,000 jobs to just 160,000 new jobs but actually we got 278,000 new jobs so uh, you know ahead of non-farm payrolls tonight we are seeing quite a few sort of well, upward surprises it, with jobs. it's not surprising that businesses would be as what economists call labor hoarding right now given the experience they've mm. been through for the past two years trying to get people and when you do get them on board to put them off again so quickly as soon as orders start to to fall away so you know at least for the time being um they're labor hoarding and i think the 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 other positive i took out of the adp report phil was the fact that um you know they've been quoting these figures of what pay rises people have been getting to change jobs and that came off a percentage point yeah. Still to 12.1. That was 16% a year ago. Yeah. That, and, interesting, um, it was 12.1% for switching jobs. As you say, 1% down. Uh, a small mm. increase, uh, a decrease in those staying in a job. That's gone from 6.7% to 6.5. But compare that, 6.5 to 12.1. No wonder they don't want people changing jobs. I mean, if you stay in your job, you're going to halve the uh, the rate of wage inflation. Well, that's true too. If you, if, you know, pro- provide you, so, so why, why be in a hurry to take people on and mm. pay big rises to them? So um, that's been, of course, those figures cut across all different sectors, not just manufacturing, of course. Yeah. So obviously payrolls tonight. And I mean, it will be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see the total number of jobs, mm. obviously, but really mm. it does get down to the average hourly earnings, doesn't it? It does. I think, you know, we saw um, average hourly earnings for the past up until last month's numbers rising by about 0.3.4 and it looked like that had peaked and come down and then we had that 0.5 last uh, month in in april and the market Mm. consensus is going to go back to 0.3 so it'd be distinctly unhelpful if that surprises on the high side and these things can be revised as well i think that's just as important for what service sector inflation might do you know in, in in the months ahead as uh, as the job market itself and you know the market's got still got priced in that the rates will 
start to fall before the end of the year in the US, but really haven't seen a killer statistic in the uh, in the labour market sphere that suggests that the economy is really slowing down. As we've just been talking about labour hoarding mm. and jobs numbers continue to rise, including in, in manufacturing. So the ideal, the, the way through this would be, you know, if we could see that price wage pressures come down because people are staying in their jobs without necessarily mm. losing jobs but seeing i mean that, that would be the 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 uh the snow white the snow white that would be the goldilocks i don't know. <laughs> the, <laughs> snow white she's got no i mean snow white was i mean she wasn't very good for labor markets was she i don't know how she was paying those dwarves but the the, the goldilocks, goldilocks solution is the is the one we want and that could be it indeed, the, indeed. the soft landing isn't it yeah, yeah. so um but unfortunately, we didn't have those job opening numbers come down this month. And that may just be a statistical aberration this month. But, mm. you know, it's come down from, what, over 12 million job openings now to, what, just over 10 didn't come down this month. But if you can get that pressure off labour markets and uh, labour costs growing in line with your your inflation target, then you're home free without a, a big labour market well, fallout, that's, of course. Yeah, Hence, you know, all that more uh, important that uh, the the fine line is trodden today when the Fair yes. Work Commission comes up with their uh, with their uh, their de- their decision. We know Philip Lowe is worried about wages going up without seeing productivity increasing. Uh, mm. Also, the AFR today is saying Uber is not wanting to see gig workers treated like employees. I mean, imagine that. Uh, but you know, it's not easy for the Labour Party, is it? Because this is um, you know they've got to almost go against the RBA because this is what they, they were elected to do, to try and make sure that there's a fair wage for everybody. So well, I think, I think you know, there have that, been such big cost of living rises, you can understand an mm. element of catch-up. In fact, that was one of the points that the ECB minutes were talking about uh, today, uh, when they were released today, and we'll, we'll get to those in a minute. But, yeah. I mean, sure, that, that's part of the story here too, you know, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg. But... Um, uh, Reserve Bank Governor Phil Lowe's on the record as saying, you know, well, well, we'll do whatever is necessary. You know, he's told that to the Senate this week. As painful as it is, you know, we've got work to do there. So they'll be yeah. watching those numbers very closely. So we might think, look, it's it's justifiable that people on minimum wages get something approaching inflation, and that's about 200,000, people, but it's more like the over 2 million people are fixed to awards. Uh, and last year they got something close to inflation at the time. I think it was 4.6 and inflation was running at 5. But inflation of 7, would the Reserve Bank be prepared to look through a 6% mm. rise, a 5 or 6% rise in award wages? We'll know did, next Tuesday, I guess. And, and are they too concerned about house prices or is that just Indeed. irrelevance because so house prices despite everything at 1.4 percent month on month in may which is the third month in a row that we've seen an increase uh, but the increase seems to be increasing so i mean supply is obviously a chunk of this isn't it and it's a big part of it isn't it you wouldn't want to sell right now you wouldn't want to refinance when interest rates are going up but you know there are people who still need houses so you know you'd expect interest rates would uh would bring house prices down but actually there's an argument that could see it could go the other way if it keeps uh, people hanging on to their houses so uh, less houses on the market pushes prices up. Sort of, uh, you know, seems to yes. be what's happening. Yes, I definitely. It, it, it's, that is not uh, the, the reflective of that rates, are, interest rates are too low. Interest rates are doing their job in, um, in quelling consumption, it seems, from what we've seen from the retail sales figures, you know, in mm. recent months. 
but people have got to live somewhere, don't they? And when your yeah. rent rents are increasing very quickly, people you know want want to you know want to secure their uh, their living. And you've got another half a million people that have arrived in the country in the past year. Rental vacancy rates are in the low ones in capital cities. Rents are increasing at uh, very at a very slick pace. So it's not surprising in that sense, you know, with low levels of listings that. Um, House prices are going up, even though it wasn't expected at the start of the year. And yet, in the UK, it seems like it's the other way around. So mortgage approvals in April have fallen from 51,500 to 48,700. The value of lending is down Mm. £1.4 billion in a month. Paid back some debt. Yeah, exactly. So that is a bit surprising. We get the the, the value of uh, Aussie home loans as well today. So it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, whether actually people are buying smaller properties or, or yes, you know, just uh, trying to pay off their mortgage faster, which would be a chunk of it. Well, I think um, a couple of things with those housing finance approvals, to some extent, they've got to reflect what's happening with prices in the market. So that that will be pushing up values, you think, to some extent. Uh, Mm. Maybe not in the month, the way things worked out. And the other is, you know, with rental markets as tight as they are, will we see more investor interest, you know, and people wanting wanting to buy buy um, properties, you know, to rent out with rental yields going up as well. So that'll be interesting to see with the housing finance approvals today. But if people are paying back their debts because they're worried about the the, the in uh, the UK yes. in the UK yes then that that means they've got less money to spend on other stuff which is sort of helping uh, a little well, bit. Well, there's it? more mortgage rate rises just around the corner because you know since the, the since that last UK inflation number you know the whole front of the UK yield curves pushed up so so there's a concern that that will go through to mortgage rates sooner rather than later. A couple of quick questions before we totally yes. move off Australia. So first of all, China. We talked about you know the Aussie dollar being hit by China. It was clearly wasn't just China. It was just the general risk mood as well. But on China, mm. Uh, mm. well, a positive read in the Caging Manufacturing Index is over fifty now, fifty fifty point nine. So that will that will have helped a little bit. Indeed, indeed, it certainly helped on the day, didn't it? So it'll be interesting mm. to see whether the um, the services component of that also um, is a positive surprise as well, but certainly helped on the day. If we were to plug into one of Tapas's spreadsheets, uh, maybe he's not done it yet, but yesterday, you know, we had the private CapEx up 2.4% in Q1. Plant machinery CapEx up 3.7%. Building CapEx is up 1.3%. They all seem quite, you know, quite sizable Q on Q increases, and yet we're looking at a flat GDP for for Q1. Is that still the case? Yes. Well... We've had uh, the positive construction numbers was the day before and then the CapEx numbers. So we're seeing stronger business spending. We know about the public sector infrastructure program and that seemed to resonate in the construction figures. So maybe that's a a handy offset if we do see weak consumption as uh, as we expect. Mm. All will be revealed, what, next Wednesday, Phil? Yeah. So that'll be after the Reserve Bank, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I like the way you're doing that. It's listening to next Wednesday to find out what happens in the next yes. instalment. <laughs> Quickly, before we go, we haven't finished today, though, because Eurozone inflation, uh, flat for the month of May, uh, down to 6.1% year-on-year for May. The core rate also down from 5.6% to 5.3%. Not a massive uh, fall, but at least it's, uh, you know, we'll take what we can get. At least it's heading in the right direction. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. But, I, think, I think that's the message. Mm. Still got ground to cover, though. That's what Christine Lagarde's been saying. Of course, of course. You know, uh, th- there's still a debate within the ECB about how much further they have to push rates up. But Two or three, look- yeah. Yeah. 
don't think anyone's saying one, are they? Um, well, uh, Villaroy has been sort of a voice of moderation. It's, it's same has been saying for some time three would get them into restrictive territory. What was he, the words he was using today that um, uh, the rate rises from here would be something relatively marginal? So mm. um, we'll see if that plays whatever out. Whatever that, whatever that means. Yeah, indeed, That's indeed. <laughs> uh, Others right, want so more, of course. So long as you're not specific, you can say anything, can't you? All right, very good, Dave. Have a great weekend, and uh, we will uh, we'll catch you again sometime soon. Thanks. Will do. Cheers. And that's how everything is this Friday morning from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll be back again on Monday morning. Have a terrific weekend. See you then.